another killer unaired unrecorded episode of you killed it just went down as you always say if if people could hear the unreleased tapes of this podcast we would both be out of work but we would also have way more listeners i'm john chidley hill and i am sheldon alexander and this is you killed it the podcast talking about the challenge a great episode tonight. I really enjoyed tonight's episode. Yes, and I'll be honest with you. I firmly believe that this episode that we are about to record will be really, really good. But I also guarantee that if we did the podcast that we just recorded without me hitting record yet, <laughs> and what I'm saying is, you know, our discussion beforehand recording this pod, let's say, would be a number one podcast. Yeah, the it would, actually. The it would. Tapes. The Lost Tapes. You know what? I once said to you, not being recorded in one of The Lost Tapes, I once said to you that like my career goal was to have a level of job security where I could actually speak my mind without fear of reprisal. Hmm. Maybe we'll get to that point. That sounds like I say really whack things. I don't actually think that. I'm just saying, like, I'm aware of the consequences of my opinions, but, like, I stand by my opinions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, most of the things we're talking about is, like, you know, political things, political connects, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, right? It's not, like, you know, actual slander, we'll say. No, not at all. (laughs) Like, I very much... I stand by what I said to you previously off air. <laughs> I just, I know that for professional reasons, it would cost me <laughs> at least yeah. where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, someone who is not so cautious or maybe he is being cautious. Maybe that's an interesting question is Wes. Wes returns to the house now a member of team blue. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a chant of blue. And then Johnny Bananas calls on Wes to make a speech. What did you think of this speech to the house? I got to say something. This is second season of Challenge USA, right? We're at episode seven. We've seen Wes in a lot of seasons of the Challenge. And I got to say that this is not the Wes that I would like to be seeing on the Challenge. He's lost his edge a little. I think we can yes. say it. As much as I love him, we're seeing like a softer, gentler Wes, like a truly softer Wes. Do you know what it is? It's a not confident Wes. I see mm. flashes of it here and there that'll come out in a confessional here and there. But I feel like overall, it's just not a confident Wes. And I don't really like that. That's not the Wes that I like to see. Normally, if he's giving off these vibes, it's because it's part of the game, right? And he's like trying to trick people. But like the speech, I don't know. I wasn't really, I thought, so here's the thing. Corey and Fessy didn't buy it, but Alyssa was buying what, what he was saying, right? I thought that there was some truth to it. Like, sure, he tried to put a little sauce on it to probably make people feel sorry for him. But I do actually feel that he honestly just wants to play the game. But the, his viewpoint is that him playing the game right now Like he's not allowed to play the game, so to speak, because he's just the main target, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not like it's him or bananas because it's not like anyone's looking at Josh. It's not like anyone's looking at Fessy. It's not like anyone's looking at Corey, right? So when they're talking about vets, it's just him and bananas. And I think that's the part where he's like, I just want to play the game. You know what? In fairness to Wes, we talk about this all the time. Traditionally, his game is he forms an alliance with rookies. Mm -hmm. So there is probably a part of him that's like, man, what the hell? Like I walk in this house and I'm targeted because I'm a vet. I'm the vet that typically works with rookies. Like I'm sure there's a part of Wes that would have been content to just basically be the team leader on the green team Mm -hmm. and like just be like green versus the world and like, you know, obviously he'd be down with bananas still, but like aside from that, but then they came after him and he's sort of like, I don't want this. Like, I'm not going to take it. I'm going to, I'm going to go where people support me. But like, this isn't, this isn't necessarily how Wes plays the game. 
do you think we're so far removed from the old challenge that all of these new people that are on now are kind of like, oh no, you're just the vet West, but they don't really know the inner workings of how West operates. Um, I think it's more that they, as we always say in the early stages of a season, people are just looking for an excuse to vote people out. Mm-hmm. And the way the six challenge vets were presented like we even noted earlier on that like Fessel was not and Josh and Polly mm-hmm. weren't singled out in the same way, even though they've all played more of the challenge than they have big brother. Right. Uh, and yeah. Michelle as well, like Michelle's been on what three seasons of the challenge now, but like, she's not getting singled out, but just like the way those six were presented that it was just like an excuse. And also the fact that like they have a proven track record. Like everyone knows, okay, these six are good at the challenge. Yeah. Wes and Bananas in particular. And to a lesser extent, John A and Tori. So like, but again, like, I so like, I don't think it has anything to do with them not knowing his track record. I think it has more to do with them just being like, we need to vote for someone. Mm-hmm. These six are an obvious target. Yeah. And with Wes and the huge target on his back, it was interesting to see him and Cassidy. I mean, he tries to plead his case to her. She doesn't really seem to be buying it. But I mean, at the same time, I will remind everyone, Wes wasn't ever really going for Cassidy. No. Right. He did it because Tyler and Monty said that they were going, that Tyler, Monty, and the rest of their team, Desi, was like, hey, this is who we're voting for, when really they're voting for Amanda. So I still find that hilarious. This is the thing that's still going on. Um, What I think is, I think arguably the most important uh, scene of the whole episode is Wes and Michaela are in the same room. mm -hmm. And, you know, like Wes had his bags packed, right? So he's like still like in his gear from the actual competition. Yep. And his bags are like, open but like clearly yet to be unpacked on his bed and Michaela's like wait so are you going to move down to uh the dungeon like banana's room and Wes is like why would I do that and she's like oh he's just like he's your boy and like now you're on the same team and he is like why don't you like me and like I think Wes was being sincere like why why are you so like brazy with me all the time he's like I haven't done anything to you Mm-hmm. And, like, even as he's saying that, she can't, like, chill out. Like, she can't – she is, like, so mad at him, and he hasn't done anything to Michaela. So, Wes, this is my line of the episode, though. Wes in the confessional being like, I haven't done anything against her. I mean, I did vote for her anonymously. <laughs> she doesn't know that, right? <laughs> which is true. But I find I found that hilarious, right? Because it's it like, is. this is why, Wes, this is why. But I will say from the Michaela side, I think she's just super paranoid, right? Because you could tell she put so much pressure on herself after being the first one out last season, mm-hmm. right? Because obviously she came in highly touted. People thought she'd be really good at the challenge and she'd be a really good competitor. And then to go out first, it's just a bad look. So now you come back around, you probably watched, you know, the rest of that season. You might've watched a little bit more of the challenge. And now you come back and you're stressing yourself out. And you know, okay, well, I'm definitely not trusting Wes. I'm definitely not trusting Bananas. And now that's heightened to where you're not even giving them a chance, but you're also overtly being rude, right? That's the thing. And I think like that's where where it comes from. Like this is a game that more than anything, like the social game, the political game, however you want to call it, the social game, mm-hmm. it's really important. And like I – I think you can still be friendly and like playful with someone that you are actively working against. Like, I mean, we just saw with Cassidy and Wes agreed, right? Like they have this conversation and then she like immediately like pulls a gym and looks at the camera and like rolls her eyes. But like, I'd like Wes, Wes wasn't buying what she was saying is, but just like they had to say it to each other. And like Mm -hmm. bananas is probably the king of this. Like you see him always like, 
like yeah. charming people that he's actively working against and they know he's working like it's not like they're saying he's two-faced mm-hmm. like he'll like we see it later during nominations like there's a there's a way where you can be have integrity and work actively against someone in the house but also be like funny and friendly and polite and like Michaela isn't even trying like she's basically she's so rude to Wes yeah and like Again, he hasn't really done anything. Like he drew her name out of a hat. <laughs> like, no, where is this so coming true. from? It's so true. And I mean, it's interesting to counter that relationship and lack of chemistry to the abundance of chemistry between Tyler and Alyssa. I mean, them talking about you know, their big brother showmances and then now their budding showmance, just beautiful people being beautiful. I mean, it was nice to watch. It I was said nice. it's beautiful to watch. I messed that up there, but you know, that's right. I, th- I hope people will forgive you. Um, I think I would like to see more of like, I'm sorry that we didn't see more of the getting to know you phase. Okay. Because, like, again, this is where, like, the MTV version of the show is better, where you've got, like, 90-minute episodes. Like like you said last uh, episode of You Killed It, I would have liked to see them, like, poolside, checking each other out, flirting, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. I'm, I'm sure you've been in a situation that's akin to this. I know I have. I'm sure our listeners have, where you're at, like, you're at a cottage weekend or something. You're at a... Uh, like an all-inclusive resort and you're hitting it off with someone and like mm-hmm. you just, you find excuses to be around each other. You know what I mean? Yep. And like nothing's happened, but like you're starting to dance. Maybe you're not even dancing yet, but you can hear the music. Like you're like, oh, are we, is this? You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I feel like we've been robbed of that. Yeah. You, you need a one dance and you got a Hennessy in my hand, you know? Yeah, Exactly. You get it. You get me, Shelly. So I just, I want, I, I wish someone in their car right now. That's like just shaking their head at like yeah. how terrible that and his was name is me. LT. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I'll never forget. I forget whose bit it was. or Maybe it was a podcast, but they're like, every time I hear that song, I'm worried about the Hennessy and drinks in Drake's hands. Like, is he going <laughs> to spill that? <laughs> Hennessy's expensive. Have we have we talked about my love of Hennessy? This is breaking news on this podcast. Is I it? Have, yeah, I had no idea. Oh about my this. god, we've Shelley. never discussed this. I have a circle of friends where they have a chant, which is "Chud needs Hennessy," and I'll just like they'll be like, "Chud needs Hennessy." Chud need and what is going I, on? I'm stunned by this development because I love Henny so much. Anything is possible, man. Anything is possible. Um, I also have said relationship with a mutual friend of ours from uh, Northern Secondary School who um, actually, I don't know if I should say on this pod. Yeah, I probably shouldn't say just because. No, I probably shouldn't say just because like it's someone that people could know. I'll say that. I won't say like will know or should know, but could know and i don't okay. want to put their business out there like that all right but all right. um let's say the henrock the henrock does get ordered from time to time in abundance um That's side note did you see the story of drake in uh vancouver so he's in vancouver and from his hotel mm-hmm. he like puts up an instagram story at the cactus club that's across the street from his hotel and mm-hmm. he's basically saying, like, I like I want a drink, I want this drink from there, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they send up yeah. <laughs> like a waitress from the cactus club to his hotel room to bring him a drink. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about this. Why? I mean, good on him. <laughs> I mean, listen, I guess he can abuse the power if he got it, right? But um, yeah, it's I mean, just interesting. Had her bring him a drink, and he called her a baddie on his Instagram. You know, <laughs> that's that's 
the only kind of person that they hire at Cactus Clubs. That's definitely part of their brand. Cactus Club is only is Canadian, right? There's no Cactus Clubs in the States. Yeah, that's right. It's it's a Vancouver based chain, right? Like they only came to Toronto in the past like five or six years. Yeah. Um, Cactus Club, check it out next time you're in Canada. Vancouver, Toronto. I think there's one in Calgary. Is that how you pronounce a drink? A Bellini? A Bellini, yeah. Yeah, Drake demands Cactus Club Bellini ahead of Vancouver concert. <laughs> I mean, their Bellinis are notoriously good, but... <laughs> he was not able to dine in at the Coal Harbor location, but obviously the fans were showing a lot of love and couldn't really figure out a table for myself over there. What do you... What, Drake, what is happening, right? It's just so ridiculous. My demands have been made. He said, so in his... <laughs> I know I'm taking this podcast way no, off great. the rails here. No, it's great. So this is our like, can con for the episode. That's true. This is for <laughs> our the last episode of not knowing enough about Canada. This is the power that Drake has. In a video seemingly filmed from the Fairmount Pacific Rim, he addressed Cactus Club saying, you've got 30 minutes, 30 minutes to send four of them Picholinis. <laughs> over to my hotel room right now he demanded the popular drink uh come frozen and definitely not in a plastic container this is my last show in vancouver i need to juice up he seemed to be satisfied when the drinks when the frozen drinks <laughs> were delivered frozen and golden right on time <laughs> i now i'm pretty sure with this new program i have here i can like show you this picture here let me see here screen share uh window boom boom this, look this at is, that i missed all this I've, i'm not sure i follow drake anymore on uh instagram there is the drink there is there's the server and the cap the caption says cactus club cafe frozen and golden right on time and this baddie puts the bell in bellini <laughs> I have so many questions about this. So many questions that I don't know if we should spend that much time like on this podcast discussing, but I want to know the argument that was going on within the cactus club in terms of who was going to bring the drinks to Drake's room. Cause that's gotta that be, be a tough. debate, right? Yeah. There's gotta be a fight between the servers trying to figure out who's going to do it. How do you decide who's going to go do it? And I mean, the, I mean, there's the other part of the conversation of when said baddie goes to Drake's room to deliver the drinks, how long does she stay? That's another conversation for another day. But I'm just saying things for people to think about here on the You Killed It podcast. More than just, you know, the challenge. <laughs> One thing that we have to talk about, though, is I love how Tyler and <laughs> Alyssa... Yes. Like, definitely find a way to float the, like, so are you single question without, like, straight up being like, so are you single? You know what I mean? They're putting out the vibes, you know? This is why I wish we'd seen more of, like, how these conversations came to be, you know? That's another reason why we got to be so thankful for Johnny Bananas and Wes and Drake. There's certain <laughs> levels of people that just know how to play the game, we'll say. That's right. Um, and this episode's daily challenge, speaking of games, is wreck and roll. So I was going to say, did the baddie get wrecked and rolled? <laughs> I'm Don't taking this episode off so the rails. I'm sorry. Topic. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize to our listeners. <laughs> Oh it's past goodness. midnight okay <laughs> i'm sorry oh my goodness continue continue so wreck and roll so two players from each team are in an american gladiator style ball uh and they have to knock over pillars with tires on them while their teammates gather up those tires and take them up a sandy hill to where they have a puzzle waiting the letters on the tires uh are used to spell out 10 words or sorry 25 words doing the math uh, in this puzzle. Um, I think this actually looks fun. Like I liked the look of this a lot. I've always wanted to be in one of those American gladiator balls. Yep. Um, 
Yeah. It was a really cool challenge and like a massive, like it looked really cool from the overhead, you know, cause there's a lot going on, a lot of moving pieces. I thought it was really cool. I also think that the competitors do a good job of making that look easy when it's not. Yeah. Well, I wanted to actually single out, uh, it was Monty and Alyssa. Yeah. I thought their tactic was really good of like arms around each other's waists, like making, cause they're quite different in size, making sure that they're like in lockstep. I mean, the other teams didn't seem to struggle in particular, but like, I like that the care and attention that they were putting into it. Um, I think notably in this comes an issue later is that the blue team has seven players at this point and the other two teams have five players and that numbers difference makes a huge difference as they're tracking down these tires and carrying them up right like yeah i thought it was interesting too just the different strategies in terms of do you let i think it was a green team that had like the assembly line which did not work to... for them no. <laughs> it did not work at all not they were last all. every step of the way and the blue team was just you know, they had the most people, which also helps, right? So they were first ones up, but they also had everyone just bring up, you know, you get a tire, you bring it all the way up. They also yeah. had the most amount of people, which makes it easier for them to do that. Um, Blue figures out, like, they basically, the other part that was interesting, it seemed like the other teams had one person kind of taking the lead. So Michaela took the lead for the green team. Michelle took the lead for the red team team red flag and blue team though they seem to be just working together mm -hmm. and that's where the chemistry side of it comes in where you know there's a part of a team and everyone kind of knows their role you know the people that are going to be up front they're going to be the ones you know deciding where everything goes maybe someone's more agile to be able to maneuver the pieces where they need to go mm -hmm. but either way blue team kind of dominated this and they ended up winning pretty easily and it really does shift the house because now you have a voting block of wes tory bananas and fessy and they outnumber the rest of their team and so this could have been a really big shift for the rest of the season if the game remained the same <laughs> which it does not i also i want to point something out here it seems like sebastian did the heavy lifting and he's like a competitor we a cast member we've basically not spoken about and like i'm going to say something and i'm so sorry to sebastian and i'm so sorry to sebastian fans i'm sure he's a good guy however he looks like jacob hoggard hogard the former lead oh. singer of headley which talk about our cancon references that is a really terrible thing to say about someone, but like he does <laughs> like now that I point that out, do you like, do you see it? I don't really, <laughs> there's a story I could tell that I'm definitely not telling on this podcast. You got to stop doing that. Um, <laughs> but um, I, no, the thing is because I can barely remember what my guy looks like. Well, even though I yeah, I'm not going to touch that one on the podcast. Um, take a second yeah. to Google Headley, H-E-D-L-U-I. <laughs> I you'll feel see like what I've I mean. seen him before. And, and while like you do in that, person? I will explain that the lead singer of this like pop punk Canadian band was... Yeah, kind of. I could see that. ...was accused of uh, and convicted, I believe, uh, oh, of yeah. all kinds of terrible sexual assaults. So, like, Sentence I am sorry. Five years, yes. See, I, when I was talking about Drake and his Bellinis, this was that was a way better Canadian story time than the Canadian <laughs> story time you decided to bring up. I'm just saying, for the record here. I'm just being honest. Like, and I'm sorry. I'm sure Sebastian is a good guy. And, like, it's a horrible comparison. But every time I see him, it's what I see. And I've probably just ruined this for everyone. But I can't help it. And I felt bad because, like, I thought he had a good episode. He seems to be a good guy and a good player. But it's a rough draw. Um, but you were also going we – we're talking about how blue winning is big because also it means someone from green and red is going home. Like, those teams are just going to get weaker. And mm -hmm. it 
Oh, it basically, unless something goes horribly sideways, it means it's going to be a survivor, a big brother person, right? Yeah. Like huge win for the challenge vets, right? Yeah. Like they just have to protect Josh and Corey pretty much. Uh, and like, and I guess Michelle somehow keeps managing to be protected here. Yeah. Which we'll talk about after nominations, mm -hmm. um, which, Hey, we're there. Why don't we talk about it? Josh, <laughs> who is on the red team tells Fessel, yeah. who is on the blue team that he wants to see Chanel and Michaela go in against each other, yeah. which to Josh's credit, long time listeners will know I'm not a big Josh guy, probably the right strategy. Right? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I, I mean, as you're trying to dwindle down the numbers, I, I don't really understand the process of making it a women's elimination all the time. I get that you're saving yourself and your friends who are mostly men in the house by it not even being a threat. I understand that side of it. Like, I get it. But I'm just saying there are other dudes that you can target and manipulate it so that they go in. Right, like you have the voting block of the same amount of numbers that you're using to put the women in. You could do the same thing to put like Tyler and Monty in against each other. No, I I agree, and that would be good for Josh's game. But because Tyler, he's got he's friends with Tyler and Monty, it's less of his concern. But I also want to point something friends out with everybody. It's a Josh problem, but something mm -hmm. I have to point out because this comes up where they get called out on called out for always nominating women over men. Mm -hmm. This is also the like counter reaction, the natural counter reaction when you have an all female alliance that's targeting men. True. Right? Like Very the secret true. garden did, do we, it had seven members. We mm -hmm. at its at its Zenith at its the height of its power and they're all Zenith. women. Ooh, okay. Thank you. No word on if, William Shakespeare invented that word, but I could check. Um, but like, I agree that they should start nominating men, but also this was probably going to happen when you have mm -hmm. an all women alliance that's trying to pick off men. <laughs> like it's gonna. Good point. Good point. Going to be the counter reaction, right? Yeah. Um, Tyler ends up getting used as a pawn, which I find is very interesting too, because like being the pawn is a very dangerous game to be played here, but you know, ends up working out for them. The flip side is we get Tiffany who is super rattled. I thought she was going to give us a speech where she wants to go home, you know, and that's what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. But then she kind of like pulls it back together and says, Nope, she's not going to quit. She's going to play it out because she doesn't like, you could tell big brother is one thing. She is probably the embodiment of what we've been talking about th with this whole challenge USA challenge CBS experiment, right? Where it's like big brother is one thing, but this is a whole other ball game. And to hear her talk about like, I'm not good at any of these games. Mm -hmm. I come out to these challenges and I'm not good at any of them. And it just makes me feel bad. Like that's where the disconnect lies between trying to CBS the challenge, mm -hmm. right? Like the challenge was its good own entity. And I don't think it needed this, you know, watered down version for lack of a better term, just to come on after big brother on Thursday nights. Yeah. And I don't like, I do find it lacks some of the spice. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Hell and yeah. I also, I also find that it lacks the strategy. Like there's a depth to the strategy that this season is lacking. And like part of that, like we see in the nominations where, you know, Tory West bananas and Fessel are all basically voting in unison. Yep. Right. And like, even at one point, like, I think Johnny was sort of flagrant where oh, yeah. he's like, Oh, that's crazy, Tori. Like, it's like, you read my mind. I was also going to vote for Tyler. It's like, we talked about this in advance or something like easy there, Johnny. <laughs> like, yeah. like you can, like, it's obvious what's happening. You don't have to like rub it in Desi's face. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But this leads to a super interesting conversation. Okay. To me, at least Michaela immediately blames Josh 
for her nomination. Michaela and Tyler get nominated. Michaela immediately blames Josh. And she goes, why would men want to target a strong girl? Says Michaela, who has been targeting challenge players all along, regardless of gender. And Michaela, who's, again, super rude to Wes and Bananas and the challenge vets. Like, Mm -hmm. Michaela, why would they keep you in? Like, like, (laughs) what's... Yeah. What is what's their motivation? Like, sure, fair enough. She makes a good point. Like, why aren't they nominating men? It would help their cause. But also, Wes basically was like, "Why are you always rude to me?" And you were like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> like, how did you Pretty think much. this was going to work out for you? Like, she didn't curse at him. Yeah. But like, what did you think was going to happen? Did you think that you could just like continue to be rude to them and they're going to be like, "This is fine," mm-hmm. like? And also, clearly, they're targeting someone with the strong enough personality to be able to rally the other side of the house. Yeah. And she is a good competitor. So, like, there's two, you know, there's all the sides point to showing you why she would be a good person for them to pick. Um, I thought it was pretty funny that she's like, she was just like going right back at Josh. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, Josh. I don't get how Josh survives this long, but you know, he's just not a threat and he does. He's been pulling strings behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. He has been, he has been right. Well, and Josh always does too much as does. So like Desi immediately tells Chanel, mm-hmm. they're clear. Like the challenge vets are clearly protecting Corey and Josh and Michelle, Michelle. Mm-hmm. which I found interesting. Because, like, that wasn't my perception, but, like, she's right because Michelle appears and, like, suddenly is like, hey, like, what's going on, guys? (laughs) And also says straight up to the camera in confessional, like, I'm playing all sides of the house. And I have to give her credit. Yeah. Michelle is doing a better job than she has in previous seasons. I still think she's guilty of doing too much, but she's doing a much better, more subtle job. Clearly, right? I mean, she's staying out of trouble. You have to remember the start of the season, she is right in the middle of it. And then now she's kind of Homer Simpson her way back into the bush, right? Where like she's not even a, a talking point, really. But I would say that she is doing such a good job that people aren't even throwing away votes on her. No. Right? Like, and I think that's a real telltale sign that you're doing a good job of playing all sides of the house because you're not even getting votes. Right to get your name put in the hopper. And I think like that's really a testament to how good of a job Michelle's doing. And I mean, I will say, I did say a while ago, this could be Michelle's season. I'm not convinced, but she's undoubtedly playing better. Mm -hmm. Um, So then we get to the club scene, the bar scene. It's not really a club. And Wes and Bananas... Obviously, I don't know what, at what point does something cross over into a club versus a bar? Hmm. I feel like to me it's the, uh, a dedicated dance floor and ideally a DJ. Hmm. I feel like I saw a dance floor. I don't know if I can vouch for a DJ. Yeah, definitely could have been the place where they had the ox cord going, right? Yeah, yes, could be one of those places, which to me is just a bar, it's fair with a dance floor. Fair point. Uh, so Wes and Bananas, Bananas in particular, pretty clearly drunk. Drunk uncles. Drunk uncles. Drunkles. And they agree that they want to play matchmaker. They need to spice it up. So they're trying to match up Tyler and Alyssa because clearly the sparks are flying. It's obvious to everyone. So they call over Alyssa and they tell her that unless she kisses Tyler, they're going to make sure it's a men's elimination. (laughs) And, like, what I like about Alyssa is, like, she sees right through this, but she's also like, this is my chance to finally yeah. kiss Tyler. Hell and they yeah. call Tyler over. And they're like, unless you kiss Alyssa, we're going to make it a men's elimination. And he's like, well, I don't want to kiss her unless, like, she wants to be kissed. Which, like, hey, shout out to Tyler. Consent is important. But he, but then they're like, no. I make an inappropriate joke, and I'm God glad I saw it. Sheldon. Um, and they're like, no, no, no. Alyssa definitely wants to be kissed. She even said she'd make the first move, which is true. She did. Mm -hmm. And so they have like an awkward conversation for like 30 seconds and then they kiss. And then 
the floodgates open, Sheldon. And again, I think we've all been there where there's like a sexual tension. And then like, once you finally kiss, there's no stopping. <laughs> right. It's like, why were we wasting all this time before? <laughs> right. Man, it's so fun. That's such a great phase. Like I'm, I'm genuinely happy for these two. Cause it's like just such a fine like place to be. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh yeah, definitely agree. Um, it was pretty funny to see. And of course it continued back at the house. That was hilarious. Um, I will say though, the funny, it was funny too, how like Alyssa says, I don't trust the people in this house. I don't trust the cameras in this house. And then right as they show that they show them like turning off the lights and then like mm -hmm. the camera fully adjusting into night mode, <laughs> which I thought was so perfect. It was so good. Well done. <laughs> Shout out to editing. Yeah, it was great. I liked at one point she left the room. Monty came in and Monty just goes, Tyler, Tyler, Tyler. <laughs> what more needed to be said? Hey, hey, good on them. So it's time to vote. Uh, we don't really have any insight as to how people are voting. You know, Tyler had made some noise that he was trying to get people to make it a women's vote. Mm hmm. To like get him off the hook. Yep. That's about it. Uh, we get to elimination. And I just want to say everyone's like fall weather, like early winter fits. It's making me so excited to see the autumn. You know this. I'm a cold weather guy. I'm not happy until I can see my breath. And I am so jealous of them and their toques and their vests and their hoodies. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like hoodie season. I can't be mad at hoodie season. I'm just um, out here like a sweat hog dying every day through summer. So like, give me some cool weather. No, I'll take summer over winter at any, any day of the week. Everyone's happier in the summer. Winter, it's like dark earlier and stuff and people are depressed. Everyone's sick because you're inside and all these people. I'm going to see, I stopped myself again. See, gonna, yeah. Here's here's the thing, Shelly. Your mistake is you're being social. You have to stop being social, and then you don't get sick. <laughs> that's that's the key to my success. Well, you know what ends up happening, right? You're at work, you're inside. It's a terrible like HVAC system, and now you're stuck with all these people who've gotten sick from their kids, and then they come to work, and then they get you sick, and then the cycle of sickness continues. I get you. I get you. But still, like, I love winter food. I love... What's winter, winter food? Like, like soup? Soup, stews, <laughs> heavy <Stews>. pastas. <laughs> what, why are you doing this to me? Stews. Who likes stews? Like, what? <laughs> the, I remember I had this running joke. People? I had this running joke. <laughs> That was good. That one got me. No, but I remember I had this running joke with one of my coworkers before because he used to love going to, I think, was it called like Ravi Soups? I think it was called. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'd be like, yo, man, that's not lunch. Like, it's like basically drinking water for lunch, bro. You're going to yeah. need another meal in like two hours. Not if it's a stew and you got, you got some substance to it. Man, that's what I he would always stew. say. Chili? Are you saying you don't like chili? Not mad at chili. Can't be mad at chili. Come on. Can't be mad at chili. I'm not mad at stew either. It's just funny because like I, <laughs> I, I've never heard someone be like, I'm excited for winter, for winter I, food, like stew. <laughs> pies? A nice warm pie? Let's go. You can have that. You can have pie in the summertime. Sheldon, it's too hot for hot food in the summertime. <laughs> I I have to take two showers in the summer every day in the summer just to like regulate my body temperature. I'm not just staying for... fresh, man. No, it's I mean it is to stay fresh, but also just like so I stop sweating. I need I need to use cold water to regulate my own body temperature. I'm fat, so I'd sweat like whenever <laughs> all times of year. So I mean, there's whatever. It's just gonna happen anyways. <laughs> so that brings us to top heavy. <laughs> <laughs> which is the elimination uh they uh i should say we see the voting results 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiffany gets two votes. Monty gets one vote. Alyssa gets one vote. Josh gets one vote. Corey gets one vote. Chanel gets four votes. Notably, Michelle gets no votes. She's very proud of herself. Mm-hmm. Although she had half as many votes as Chanel, Tiffany is the one going in, not exactly going to plan for Josh. No. Because uh, he likes Tiffany. She's a big brother person. Mm-hmm. He's sort of, she's like part of a secondary alliance. And before Tiffany, you get to this, though, before you get to this part, I thought it was going to be really funny because the way that the confessional set up, it was they announced it's a women's elimination. And Alyssa's like so happy. She's like, oh, I'm so glad Tyler's not going home. And I was like, please, please, please let them show that it's her ball that got picked. <laughs> it was just so funny because she's so happy that like, oh, yeah, it's a women's elimination. At least that means Tyler gets to stay. And it's like, uh, but you could still end up going into the elimination. Like you do realize that, right? <laughs> but unfortunately, th- just for my like, you know, loving the twists and turns and potential edits, um, it didn't go that way. It ends up being Tiffany. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, that's fine. So Tiffany goes in. She lectures everyone that they should be putting the men in, that they're being stupid. And Josh, being Josh, mm-hmm. tells immediately tells her that it hurt his feelings that she called him out. And then she's like, I didn't call you out specifically. He's like, well, you called everyone out. And I'm up here. And she's like, it's not always about you, Josh. <laughs> like, Stop being so sensitive. Like we were good until 30 seconds ago. We haven't done this in a while, but the doing too much award goes to Josh here. Yeah. Because there was absolutely no need for you to say anything. You know, she's just upset because she has to go in and she's going to use this opportunity to make a point and wink, wink. She's making the correct point here. And so you could just let her have her moment let her go. And instead you're like, I'm really hurt that you would say like, shut up. That's the thing. Like, I think this speaks to Josh's immaturity. You're like, you're entitled to have your feelings. You're entitled to be hurt, but you don't have to tell everyone all the time. And you don't have to tell everyone immediately. Like that's a conversation. Well, you He's not really hurt. He's not hurt yeah. at all. Probably not. No, there's nothing for him to be hurt about. As she said, me and you are cool, Josh. So clearly I'm not talking about you. <laughs> I I think he was hurt because I think he takes everything personally. Well, he probably was hurt after she finished the conversation by saying, you have so much energy. Why don't you come down here and play <laughs> then? <laughs> I also think he missed an important point, which is these are all TV professionals. Mm-hmm. She was making good TV is what she was doing. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure that there is like sincerity in what she had to say, but mm-hmm. she was, she was being good TV. And so here's my flip side to that. I think Josh also thought he was making good TV. He was like, she's having her moment. If I say something like she's having her moment, that's going to be on the show. So if right. I jump in, then I'm also going to be on the show. And I feel like that is constantly one of his goals. How can I make sure that I'm going to be in this episode? And when someone else is losing it, if you jump in and be like, oh, no, I'm offended, chances are they're going to put that in. And that's what he did. That's what makes me even more annoyed by Josh. Yeah, you're right. So uh, top heavy is the competition. They stand at the top of, I guess, a giant arm is the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. And they have to rock it back and forth using their full body weight. They have to grab kind of small balls and then tilt the other way and throw them into a basketball net. The first one to score 10 baskets stays in the game. Before we talk about how Tiffany and Michaela did, what do you think of the concept of this elimination? I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty cool. But I think that they didn't do a good enough job of Like, we didn't really get to see how hard it was to actually move the apparatus. Like, I thought it was cool in concept, but the distance of it. Like, I remember when they finally showed, like, a wide shot. It was like, oh, so you got to move this thing, like, pretty far. And then, like, get it going for you to reach. And then once it's going, now how close can you actually get to the net, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there are a lot of quick cuts. And I don't know that I fully picked up on the full like gravity of the 
the event, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and clearly neither did Tiffany. <laughs> well, I think part of Tiffany's problem, because she really struggled, like, I forget who it was, maybe it was Chanel, said like, oh, Tiffany's scared. And it's affecting oh, her. yes. Yeah. I don't think that Tiffany was scared of like okay. falling or anything. I think that Tiffany was scared that if the arm swung too far, that she wouldn't be able to get back to the center. Ah. So I feel like she didn't commit to going the full mm -hmm. like swing of the arm. And so her shots weren't as good and she was getting a harder time getting the balls. I think that's what was going on. Makes sense. I could definitely see that. I could see that. Um, but Michaela had no fear and just like, I mean, there's no easy way to say it. She trounced her. Yeah. 10-1, just a straight drubbing. Um, I thought that she was going to get a shutout. I didn't think that Tiffany was going to get one. No. But uh, I also thought at a certain point you could tell Tiffany kind of gave up, or at least I thought oh, she yeah. gave up. No, I know. I had it in my notes too. Tiffany has given up. There was one point mm -hmm. like you could see it in her face where she was just going through the motions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Michaela wins pretty mm -hmm. quickly. Yep. Um, comes down. TJ congratulates her. And she's like, I can do a lot without a partner. Still salty from a year ago. And uh, in confessional, she says she's going to take Tori's spot on the blue team. She's going to expose Tori to risk. You know, blue team's obviously rocking and rolling. Mm -hmm. And so then she says to TJ that she has decisions to make. And he goes, well... Not really, which is my line of the episode because TJ's delivery was so good. Yeah, TJ was so perfect. Yeah, he he's my favorite reality host in in a walk, and he announces that there's no more teams. Yeah, and I mean, I guess you're competing as an individual, but there's definitely still teams, right? Well, like definitely... when it comes to voting, that's going to be super interesting to see how that part plays out. But the daily challenges, that's going to be really, really interesting to see how this game gets played now. Because if you think about it, right, with it being individual games, the strong players win. They already have their alliances, mm -hmm. right? So, like, again, it's still kind of teams, right? Mm -hmm. But now it's going to be interesting because I feel like now's when the moves are going to be made because – Let's say you're someone like Fessy or even someone like Johnny Bananas and you win. Do you shoot your shot now when you know you could get the numbers on your side to like take the other person out and save someone who might be a weaker player because they're a number for you? Mm -hmm. Right? Like things can get really interesting now. So I, I want to see what goes down next week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really curious. I mean, it's from a production standpoint. It's a brilliant move mm -hmm. because the blue team was about to start running the house. Yeah. They have numbers, they're clicking, they get along, they're mm -hmm. well-rounded. They've got someone who can do everything. They were going to start running this house yeah. uh, even more than they already were. And yeah. that would be a wrap. But now that there's no teams, they're not, and such a like the challenge fats are not as strong as they were 30 minutes earlier. Oh yeah. This is going to break them up. Yeah. Yeah. I think oh, so. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I have to ask you, Shelly, who killed it for you this week? You know what? Anytime someone dominates an elimination like that, it kind of makes it too easy for me to just say wow. Michaela. Um, I just think that the fact that when you dominate to that level, it's tough for me to say that you didn't kill it. I mean, especially in a scenario where your back was against the wall because your team isn't doing well and you were clearly the target. You made yourself a bigger target by going at, at Josh for no reason, um, going at Wes for no reason, but, but when it matters most, in crunch time, you come through with the dub. And I think for that reason, Michaela, you killed it. See, I I mean, I think Michaela is a borderline LVP candidate because I think she's really playing the game badly. Fair. Uh, 
um, really reactionary, really illogical, br- unnecessarily bringing the heat down on herself. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it could have just as easily been Chanel and Tiffany against each other. It could have just as easily been Tyler and Monty versus each other. Yeah. But like she's so brazy with especially Wes, but with all the challenge vets that she's just like drawing attention to herself mm-hmm. for no reason. Um, so I think for me, the MVP has to be Michelle. Wow. Okay. Which is as long time listeners know, she, I, I'm not a Michelle guy, not a Michelle fan, but credit no, where it's me due. on this podcast. Yeah. You're the Michelle guy. Uh, you nod. You're just like, yes, you're very proud of yourself. She's just, she is playing the best season I've seen her play. Mm-hmm. And this is her fourth season. She's playing Something really like well. That. I mean, I wonder, I do wonder if her game's about to blow up uh, with people now playing for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have to sort of see like what the twist is, the wrinkle is on Sunday. Well, I think I think those people will now get exposed, right? Mm-hmm. You can't be playing multiple sides of the house anymore. You have to be either Big Brother or Team Challenge. I don't know if you can be playing both sides anymore without exposing your your hand. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see how she does. But our MVP, our, our You Killed It weekly awards, they're based off of what's happened, not what we think is going to happen. Correct. And I think she's playing really well. Agreed. Agreed. Where can the good people find you on social media? Well, you can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Please continue to like, follow, and subscribe to the pod wherever you happen to be listening to this. As we are back, we are on schedule. Everyone will be hearing this pod very shortly after we record it. And, you know, Everything's cool. No need to worry. We'll always get caught up. Everything will always be fine. And we appreciate you. Thanks for the people for all the comments. Um, we I see them. I read them. Shout out to the YouTube comments people. Really appreciate y'all. And yeah, keep supporting the pod. Keep supporting the movement. That is, you kill the podcast because you are the reason why we do this. And you can find me on Goodreads, John Chidley Hill. <laughs> no, seriously, you can find me on all social media as Jay Chidley Hill, whether it's X, Instagram, or Twitter, or what's the other one? Threads. You can find me there. But also, you know what? Why not find me on Goodreads? I love reading. Just don't call me on Twitter. Don't do that. Has has anyone tried to do that? No, I'm just saying don't. Like what a dumbass thing. Like who like why anyways, that could lead us down a whole other yeah, diversion that have already taken us on so many wild swings. And once I had hit like stop record, I'll tell you some of the things that I was gonna say on the pod. (laughs) Like I can't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Until next episode, this was you killed it. (laughs) I can't even. I just, I want to hear what you had to say. So I'm trying to wrap this up. (laughs) You can.